Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, let's see. We've got uh, 25 November, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I have, um, I, you know, I want to mention something. This, this is something that I better do right now. I've been meaning to do this for three weeks now, and I have forgot. Um, a friend of mine, Douglas Snow, sent me a book that he has done. And I want to let the people online, if they have a church that they attend and they want something that will be a great addition to their church, I'm telling you, it's Revive Us Again. It is a chronological anthology of American gospel hymnody. And so it's got American gospels, and this guy has done years of research, and he's got the background of these hymns. He's got all of that. I, I recommend this. This is a real treasure, and it's something that will benefit the church, and I've been meaning to say it, and of course, I put it here, but I don't look over there during the, uh, so I made a note today to make sure that I wanted to thank him very much for this, and his wife sent me a beautiful letter. Um, uh, I, I can't remember at the end if I have permission to say it or not, but um, anyway, I will say enough to say that we want to have the wife in prayer for a medical issue, and beyond that, I won't say any more because I can't remember if I have permission to say any more than that, but um, I want to thank him very much for sending that, and then we have two visitors today that came from O'Brien, Florida. It's a location I actually didn't know existed <laughs> until you said that, but it's north of us. They came down for the weekend to spend with their children who are just in Port Charlotte, just south of here, and they're on their way back up home after the church service today, but it's Dave and Irene. Now, how do I pronounce that? Bucker. Buker. Okay. All right. And from O'Brien, Florida, and I want to thank you so much for making this effort this morning to be here with us. Thank you. And finally, as far as thanking people, I want to thank Tim, who sent me five bandanas. I think this is the third or the fourth that I've worn, and it's got elephants all over it. So it's a really nice motif, and I wanted to thank him for that. And one more thing concerning directly the Prophecy Updates is that yesterday, the 24th of November, was our fifth anniversary for having done Prophecy Updates. Wow. So five times 52 is 250, 260, something like that. I think we're up to 261 or two or somewhere around there. But yeah, 24 November was our first Prophecy Update. And I just want to thank everybody that's participated in these ever since. It's been a real joy. And the reason why we started Prophecy Updates, and I say this constantly, and when I say it, inevitably, one person will... Uh, take the initiative to do what I ask, and they inevitably will email me and thank me for having said this 20 times until they finally decide to do it, is that the reason why we started the Prophecy Updates, there's one reason, is that people would start watching the sermons. And from that, people have eventually said, well, I want to see what one of his sermons were like. And they start they will watch one. They'll say, hey, that was good. I want to go back. And they start from Genesis 1-1, and they have watched all of the sermons that we've done from Genesis 1-1 through the book of Exodus, Leviticus, now in Numbers. And they've also watched the Jonah and the Esther and the Ruth sermons. And that is why we started the Prophecy Update, was to get people into the Word of God. Doctrine matters far more than watching a bunch of Prophecy Updates. And we also do our Bible studies, and many of the people that started watching the sermons have also started attending the Bible studies on Thursday night or watching them later. So I want to thank everybody that participates in the Prophecy Update, but I want to encourage you to do more with your spiritual walk and actually get into the Word of God. And you will learn things from the Word of God that you probably have not heard 
before because most people do not do a line-by-line teaching of the books of Moses. And that's what we've been doing now for seven years, I think. Please, please do participate in that. All right, our first article, or our first category, as always, is Israel. And our first article comes from Ynet. Report Trump to postpone the release of the deal of the century. Okay, this is something that he was going to submit his Mideast peace plan. He has now decided to postpone that. Trump has decided to postpone the release of his Middle East peace plan, dubbed as a deal of the century, to February 2019 to please Prime Minister Netanyahu. And that's obviously because of what's just gone on with Gaza and the uh, fighting that's gone on and all of these other things. And hey, this is the Lord's timing in all of these things. He knows what's going to happen. He knows that Trump's peace plan is not going to be the peace plan that is effective. He is not the Antichrist, and that is not how it's going to work. And so we have one postponed. We're going to have another and another probably because Abbas will have nothing to do with his peace plan. Nothing. And so that just kills it right there. We'll see where it goes, though, but it is delayed. From the Times of Israel, U.S. rejects Israeli request to let Jonathan Pollard move to Israel. Okay, Jonathan Pollard was the spy here in America. He spied for Israel. He was in jail for years and years, and America will not give him release. He's out of jail, but he is under constant surveillance, and he is under great restrictions in what he can do, where he can go, and we will not allow him to go back to Israel. Israel, however, has said that they will put the exact same restrictions on him in Israel, and they will live by that if they will let him go back to be in Israel. Um, He... Any other president, I would say he would die in America. It may be, knowing our president, that he will eventually let this end and send this person back. How you feel about what he did, that's totally up to you. You can say he's a traitor to America, or you can say that he is, uh, you know, a supporter of his home country, Israel, you know, where he's got his obvious, you know, family affinity and everything with that. So just want to let you know he has once again been denied leaving America from Wynette. Netanyahu, Israel will not sign global compact for safe, orderly, and regular migration. Good job, Netanyahu. Prime Minister Netanyahu said that Israel will not sign the intergovernmentally negotiated agreement on migration. I have instructed the foreign ministry to announce that Israel will not accede to and will not sign the global compact for safe, orderly, and regular migration. We are committed to guarding our borders against illegal immigrants. This is what we have done, and this is what we will continue to do. They have not signed the International Nuclear Arms Treaty either. and They're not into these things. They are into securing their borders, securing their nationality, and not getting sucked up into this this, uh, thing that the world's trying to get everybody into. Trump needs to also be a part of standing with Netanyahu on this, and he also needs to not sign the the, uh, agreement. If we have already signed it, we ought to get out of it. Anyway, from the Times of Israel, El Al diverts flight. Oh, if you heard about this, this just makes me so angry. El Al diverts flight after religious passengers cause uproar over Shabbat. They're flying back to Israel. It may go into the Sabbath for Israel, and these uh, ultra-Orthodox Jews go into a tizzy, and they demand to be landed before Shabbat starts so that they're not in violation of Shabbat. I would tell them to go, never mind. Anyway, um, ultra-Orthodox passengers on board a pair of Israel-bound El Al planes that took off from New York on Thursday caused an uproar, with some reportedly becoming violent over fears they would be mid-flight after the start of the Jewish Shabbat. 
One of the planes ultimately diverted to Athens. The second plane was also considering diverting to Rome, but in the end, it continued its flight to Ben Gurion Airport as scheduled because of a medical condition affecting one passenger and all of the other passengers that don't want to have to live with this nonsense. If you can't plan your travel around your Sabbath properly, then you shouldn't be flying. That's how I look at it. Absolutely stupid that they would do that for them. And it is a real stain on LL that they even allowed that one plane to be diverted, in my opinion. So here we go. From Fox Dershowitz, hard left Democrats are tolerating anti-Semitism to avoid being alienated. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's something I said just last week. I said the left has got them in a pickle now because they're starting to get anti-Israel people into the Democrat Party of the U.S. We've got Muslims that have been elected into these positions. We've got that little commie up in New York that uh, has been elected. They do not support Israel. And here this guy is agreeing with what I said. His remarks come after Minnesota Representative-elect Ilan Omar seemed to reverse her stand on the BDS movement against Israel. She lied, lied, lied to get into office, and then she showed her true colors, which is typical of both the religion and the party. So during a forum in August, Omar said that she supports a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, saying that it's important to recognize Israel's place in the Middle East and the Jewish people's rightful place within that region. However, Omar's campaign told the blog Muslim Girl that she believes in and supports the BDS movement, though she has reservations about its effectiveness. What she would rather see is that the whole nation just be rubbed out. But that's the way it is with, you know, the left and with that particular religion. They can lie. You know, I was having Thanksgiving dinner this week with my mother. She came over. I, I, I think I told the church last week, Hedico's working. We're not going to have a Thanksgiving this year. And then she had off. I had no idea she was off, and so we didn't invite anybody. What well, last day I invited mom, and she came, and she said something that is obvious, but maybe you haven't thought it through, is that the thing with the party, the left in this nation right now, that is insurmountable, we can't get over it, is that there is no shame left. Right. They lie to your face, and they have no shame about it. They do perverted things and they have no shame about it. Whereas before, people were shamed into silence or into not behaving in certain ways. Whereas they try to shame the right continuously, knowing that we still have a moral base, they have no shame on the left. And so there's nothing that you can do to say, well, this was wrong. Because lying is their common speech, right? Well, there you go. That's right. You can't be shamed if you have no conscience, and their consciences are utterly seared, just the way the Bible says. And so that's where we're at, and the left, any thinking left has to decide now. I'm talking about the Jewish people. They have to decide, am I going to continue with this party, or am I going to get away from this? Because they are the ones with the moral dilemma that they will have to face with their ties to Israel, with their Jewishness, and with the party which they are a part of. Anyway, from Wynette. IAF to supplement F-35 stealth jets with upgraded F-15-1A. Very good plane. The F-15, well, they've upgraded it, and they're going to start buying these uh, 1A versions, and they're going to supplement their uh, stealth fighters with them. The new F-15-1A was chosen by the IDF and the IAF as the new fighter to be acquired over the next decade. The purchase has already been approved by the government, and the first of the aircraft are expected to arrive in Israel as soon as 2023. The IAF will continue purchasing the stealth attack aircrafts, 
but the new F-15 can fly longer distances, has higher survivability, more advanced avionic systems, and a much better ordnance-carrying capacity. The jet can carry up to 13 tons of explosives, a capability unmatched by any other attack aircraft. In the field of air-to-air warfare, the F-15-1A is capable of carrying 11 missiles and 28 heavy smart bombs for ground targets. The aircraft has the ability to carry all the weapons at the IAF's disposal, including unique Israeli-made missiles, which we talked about a couple months ago, laser and electro-optical systems, and more. The IAF emphasized that the new F-15 will not completely replace the F-35 stealth fighter, but it is intended to reinforce the systems currently in place to enhance the range of capabilities to an optimal position vis-a-vis its missions from Iran all the way over to Gaza. It's a great plane. I'm glad that they're doing this. Then we're going to transition. This is not really the Christian category this week. We're going to transition to the Christian category by something that involves both Israel and Christian news. From Ynet, the foreign ministry appoints first Arab Christian diplomat as an ambassador. This is the apartheid nation that the whole world is down on, and they have a Christian ambassador. They have Muslims appointed in high positions. We've seen that with the police chief of some place, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, the whole world looks at them as being apartheid state. Untrue. Here we go. For the first time, an Arab Christian diplomat has been appointed as an Israeli ambassador. Attorney George Deke, an Arab Christian diplomat with years of experience as the new Israeli ambassador to Azerbaijan. Yeah, the newly appointed ambassador was born to a Christian Arab family in Jaffa and is the only Christian in the foreign ministry. He served as deputy ambassador to Nigeria as well as a deputy ambassador to Norway, both for a period of three years. Then 2014, during Operation Protective Edge, Deke served as the temporary director of the embassy in Oslo. At the head of the Israeli delegation and as the sole Israeli envoy in the country, he organized and managed a successful state visit by former President Shimon Peres, a visit for which he received many accolades, including the ministry's Outstanding Employee Award for that year. The young ambassador has been practicing law since 2007 and served as an attorney at the Foreign Ministry's International Law Department for a year. So he's got qualifications. He's obviously very brilliant. And as a Christian, they've appointed him to a high position in the government. So this thing about them being an apartheid state is absolutely false. From Mail Online, evangelical Christian professor sues university for punishing him after he insisted on calling a transgender student a male. Nicholas Merriweather filed a suit in federal court in Ohio against his employer, Shawnee State University. Shawnee State is a small public university 85 miles south of Columbus, Ohio. Merriweather alleges that the university violated his religious beliefs. Professor refused to address a male-born transgender student as a woman. So we're talking about the left trying to silence the right. Well, that's it, and this guy isn't going to tolerate it. Now he's suing back, and hopefully he'll win. We'll see where it goes. From the Daily Wire, Berkeley Christian student senator pressured to resign for abstaining from vote for religious beliefs. You could expect this from Berkeley. A Christian student senator at UC Berkeley is being ousted from her position after abstaining from a resolution that condemns the Trump administration for considering narrowing the definition of gender. The resolution was introduced, and in response, Isabella Chow gave a statement explaining why she could not vote on the resolution because of her Christian beliefs. 
She said, my God is one who assigns immeasurable value to and desires to love each and every human being. In God's eyes, and therefore my own, every one of you here today in the LGBTQ community as a whole is significant, valid, wanted, and loved, even if and when our views differ. That said, I cannot vote for this bill without compromising my values and my responsibility to the community that elected me to represent them. She was barbecued for saying that. She was gracious. She was kind. She says, I just differ in this. I'm going to abstain from voting. Then they barbecue. You ought to see some of the comments by these lefties, these filthy people that were below this article that I read. Absolutely disgusting people. Anyway, as a Christian, I personally do believe that certain acts and lifestyles conflict with what is good, right, and true. I believe that God created male and female at the beginning of time and designed sex for marriage between one man and one woman. For me to love another person does not mean that I silently concur when at the bottom of my heart, I do not believe that your choices are right or the best for you as an individual. After lengthy conversations with many of my community leaders and advisors, I have chosen to abstain from voting on these bills tonight. After her statement, the party of which Chow is a member cut ties with her, claiming that there are inconsistencies between her beliefs and the party, including perspectives on reproductive health and wellness resources, legal protections for survivors of sexual violence, and community space for vulnerable members of our student body. Chow attempted to defend herself by sending an op-ed to the school's newspaper, The Daily Cal, but was rejected because it reinforces her original statement, which they deemed utilized rhetoric that is homophobic and transphobic by The Daily Cal's standards. She also attempted to edit her piece to comply with the standards of The Daily Cal, but was still rejected because the submission as a whole doesn't meet the newspaper's editorial standards. So there you go. Wash your hands of them. They are demons. From Sacramento CBS, Lodi Man Gets Second Chance at Life When Brain Tumor Vanishes. Now, I was reluctant to put this into the uh, prophecy update because uh, certain people take healing to an extreme in Christianity, which I think is unacceptable, and I think that they have uh, mis-evaluated what Scripture says about that. And secondly, the Sacramento CBS took this article down. So it was either a false article or somebody said, I don't like this Christian article on Sacramento CBS. I don't know which it is, but it is still on other news sites, including Mail Online, etc. So I'm going to read it, but before I read this article... I'm very careful to tell people in our Bible studies that I do not believe in faith healers. I do not believe in them. I do not subscribe to them, but I do believe in faith healing. And there is a giant difference between the two. We pray for people in this church all the time. We pray for people when they have cancer and they come through their cancer treatment or some of them get better without it, whatever. We pray because we believe in the power of prayer and that God can heal. But God, at times, chooses to not heal. I do not believe in faith healers at all in any way, shape, or form at all. Okay, so I'm going to read this anyway, but I just want you to know that. Lodi man gets second chance at life when brain tumor vanishes without surgery. It's a medical mystery that's left several doctors scratching their heads. A suspected malignant brain tumor vanishes and without treatment, giving a patient a second chance at life. It happened to a Lodi man who turned to his faith and the very community he has spent years helping. 
Several months ago, Lodi father and community volunteer Paul Wood realized something just wasn't right. Wood's primary physician sent him to a neurosurgeon at UC San Francisco who thought he had a brain bleed. Although radiologists saw signs of a tumor, Wood immediately turned to his faith and his community for support. The day before surgery, Wood's operation was canceled because his suspected tumor was gone. Specialists say they can't explain why everything vanished. Wood's doctor can't either. We do tests, this is his doctor speaking, and have medical technology and we try to come up with some conclusion. Sometimes things happen that we can't explain, said Dr. Richard Yee. And to verify that he was a real person, I went online and I checked him out. And there is a Dr. Richard Yee in Lodi, so I can confirm that much. Wood said the doctors are so intrigued with his recovery, they have asked him to volunteer to be a part of a research study. That's wonderful stuff. I believe that it could have happened if, in fact, it did happen. I, that's why we pray in this church. But I do not believe in faith healers. You give your money to those people on TV, you're wasting your money. Okay? They are charlatans. There's not one of them that I would say, I believe in this person. I just want you to know that. From Islam today. Zero Hedge. Arab NATO gaining momentum. Washington's Plan B for countering Russia. All wars initiated or supported by the U.S. establishment, from the occupation of Iraq in 2003 to the Second Israeli War on Lebanon in 2006, and to regime change efforts in Syria in 2011 and the occupation of a third of Iraq in 2014, have failed in their goal of stoking the fire of sectarian war between Sunni and Shia in the Middle East. That's not true. There is sectarian war. It's just not a hot war yet but it is going on. The failure of this strategy has pushed the United States establishment towards two new options. The first, of using the media to reveal Saudi Arabia's intention to harm the Iranian economy and assassinate its military commanders. The second is to promote and advertise for an Arab-Sunni NATO army. The goal is to keep the possibility of sectarian war alive. The struggle for dominance between Saudi Arabia and Iran has been going on since the fall of the Shah and the victory of the Islamic Republic in 1979. Nevertheless, today's level of direct confrontation in various parts of the Middle East, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Bahrain, and Yemen, is unprecedented. This is partly the results of U.S. efforts to throw gasoline on the fire of hate and competition between Saudi Arabia and Iran. That was a good article, but the guy has an anti-American slant in it. You can see that. He's saying that we are initiating all these things so that they will hate each other so that we can sell more bombs and all that kind of stuff. But still, the point of the article is that we are working on making a Arab NATO. In other words, an alliance of Arab nations. And why? Because we have Iran and the Shias, which are set on destroying Israel and destroying any hint of an, uh, a Western society in this world today. And so if you like the article, it's very long. Go ahead and read the rest of it. I just wanted to give you a taste of it. From the Times of Israel, hijabs and kippahs may be allowed. Does everybody know what a kippah is? It's what the Jewish people wear in their head, the men, okay? Hijab, you know, the women, the uh, Islamic women wear those, but a kippah is the thing that the Jewish men wear. Hijabs and kippahs may be allowed in Congress for the first time since 1837. Now, it's obvious why they banned that. A Jewish person probably was in Congress, and he had a kippah on, and they said, well, this is not the rules of decorum, and people were probably walking in with cowboy hats and everything back in the 1830s, and so they said no headwear in the... Uh, the chambers, right. Well, now we have a Muslim female that is elected to Congress and they're thinking about changing this. And they will because they will have the power in the party. Yeah, because of one person. Anyway, here we go. Democrats in Congress are looking to roll back a 181-year-old rule banning head 
coverings under the Capitol dome, allowing Jewish skull caps and Muslim headscarves to be worn by legislatures and bandanas by Charlie Garrett. Okay, it didn't say that. The rule change, part of a larger reform package, is being pushed by one of two female Muslims, of course, who became the first to be elected to Congress this month. Omar, a Somali-born Minnesotan, wears a hijab. The proposal, which is backed by top Democrat Nancy Pelosi and Massachusetts Representative Jen McGovern, the incoming rules chairman, would create a religious exception based on the no-head-covering rule, according to Roll Call magazine. Aside from hijabs, Jewish skullcaps, also known as kippahs, would be allowed, as well as other religious headgear, according to the report. It's not clear if the rule would help Florida Representative Frederica Wilson, who has had to legislate without her stylish collection of sequined cowboy hats since coming to Washington in 2010. That year, Wilson unsuccessfully tried to get the hat rule revoked so she could sport her headpieces on Capitol Hill. She's always wearing these cowboy hats, and she's very flamboyant. Well, they've told her no, but now they're going to make an exception because we have a Muslim coming into the U.S. government from WND. Terror experts warn of jihadi threat coming from Canada. The border between the U.S. and Canada is thousands of miles long, and it is undefended. Reportedly, the longest undefended border in the world. There's even a garden, the International Peace Garden, on the border to mark the fact that there hasn't been a need for security there. Summertime concerts are held there with French horns and trombones played by high school kids in Canada, while the flutes and clarinets are in the U.S., the band director has one foot in each nation. But, says a report in CBN.com, there is now that need for security. Canada is today the happy home of thousands of radical Islamists, ex-ISIS fighters, and the Muslim Brotherhood. Their numbers continue to grow, with Islamists infiltrating the Canadian government on several levels. But security experts warn that by welcoming radical Islamists, Canada now presents a danger to the United States. Many years ago, I suggested that many of the Islamic extremists might regard Canada as an aircraft carrier from which to maintain operations against the United States, said terror expert David Harris of Canada's Security Intelligence Services. A major attack on the U.S. by Muslim extremists in Canada is only a matter of time, he concluded. Prime Minister Trudeau actually said in our parliament that if you are opposed to ISIS fighters returning to Canada, it is because you are Islamophobic. Quiggin continued, in other words, it's not them that's the issue, it's your opposing their return that makes you Islamophobic, that makes you a racist. The report found much of Canada's mainstream media seems to stand with the Islamists. Sounds like CNN here. The Toronto Star announced it was no longer using the name the Islamic State because it's something so barbaric could not be Islamic. <laughs> From Mongolia today, TechCrunch, Airbnb is using what three words to list stays with Mongolian nomads? Now, let me explain this to you. I brought up uh, what three words a couple of years ago. What it is is they do not have every place on the planet located geographically. Some places don't have roads, and so they don't have a name for it. Like here we have zip codes and whatever. They've got postcodes over in some other country, right? Well, in some parts of the world, there are no codes for anything. So this one company developed an app called What Three Words? And there are three words which identify every location on this planet down to, I think it's a, a meter or maybe a, a meter cubed, which would be nine by nine by nine, whatever. Anyway, um, so What Three Words is 
there to identify. And if you want to go to the remotest location in Mongolia and stay in one of these Airbnb yurts, you can do it now. The startup's simplified addressing system is being applied to help adventurous travelers home share with Dukkha reindeer herders at their mountain camp where there aren't any street names to anchor a trip. The Airbnb listing with the Dukkha reindeer herders offers the chance to stay in a teepee in the taiga forest in northern Mongolia, with guests getting two wooden beds, sleeping bags, and an open fire stove for heating and cooking, as well as full access to the reindeer tribe's backyard. Travelers can then expect to be immersed in the day-to-day life of the tribe, from herding and milking reindeer to cooking traditional Mongolian dishes and making handicrafts, they add. In Mongolia, lack of traditional street addressing and nomadic way of life have prevented locals from welcoming Airbnb guests into their homes. Our partnership delivers an innovative way to provide hosts with an accurate and reliable address while constantly on the move and creates new livelihood opportunities from nomadic and rural communities in Mongolia and around the world. So there you go. Something new. If you want to go stay in the middle of nowhere in Mongolia, you can do it. Daniel 12 Technology today from Mail Online. AI detects Alzheimer's disease six years early with 100% accuracy in a small study. 100% accuracy, and they can tell six years in advance if you're going to get it. New AI system from University of California, San Francisco, can detect subtle brain changes linked to the disease six years ahead of diagnosis on average. Every single brain scan that AI flagged for Alzheimer's in a first small sample belonged to a person who had gone on to develop the disease. Earlier detection would mean more effective treatment for sufferers. Amazing. From UPI, new supercomputer mimics human brain, researchers say. A new supercomputer able to mimic how the human brain functions and can perform 200 quadrillion actions simultaneously. The Spiking Neural Network Architecture, or Spinnaker, went online for the first time at the University of Manchester in Britain. The computer can model more neurons in real time than any machine on the planet. Spinnaker completely rethinks the way conventional computers work. We've essentially created a machine that works more like a brain than a traditional computer, which is extremely exciting. The computer can send billions of small amounts of info to thousands of different destinations. Eventually, the computer will be able to model 1 billion neurons at once in real time, about 1% of the scale of the human brain. Now, think of that. 1 billion things going on at one time, and that's 1% of our brain. That shows you how magnificent the human... They say, and I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again because you've forgotten, is that this is Harvard several years ago said this, that the human brain is the most complex organism in the universe. It's more complex than the structure of the universe itself. And so here we're playing with tinker toys here. We're doing interesting things. Don't get me wrong. And I like that we're doing this, but this is an amazing thing that is up here between our ears if we're willing to use it. Okay. What's that? Yet we forget. That's right. Hence, I'll take you back to our uh, opening comments today, which I said that people should do more than prophecy updates and get into the Bible. Well, you have to actually use that gray material to understand the sermons that we do at the Superior Word. You have to 
Follow along very carefully and very meticulously. You may have to listen two or three times. They're all available online. They're available in written form and in video form. And I got to tell you what, that is where you will grow in your spiritual walk. You're not going to grow in your spiritual walk this much by watching Prophecy Updates. It's not going to happen. So please participate. If not at the Superior Word sermons, go to a church that actually preaches from the Bible. It is the most complex thing that God has ever given to us is this wonderful body of Scripture. And yet we ignore it for sensation. Okay, so we'll go on. The machine puts scientists one step closer to understanding how the human brain works. The ultimate objective for the project has always been a million cores in a single computer for real-time brain modeling applications, and we have now achieved it. For now, the computer will control a robot named Spomnibot, a robot that can use the computer's power to interpret real-time visual info and navigate toward certain objects while ignoring others. Researchers say the system has the potential to help them understand brain disorders. For now, they say it most closely represents the brain of a mouse or possibly the pastor of the superior word in Sarasota, Florida. (laughs) Revelation plagues today. CNN, Beijing issues rare public warning on serious swine fever crisis. Chinese authorities have announced strict new measures in an attempt to halt the country's fast-growing African swine fever crisis, which has spread to 18 provinces and has led to culling more than 200,000 pigs. Days after acknowledging the situation was serious, the Chinese Ag Ministry reported the first outbreak of the disease in the southwest province of Sichuan in a farm of 40 pigs. The news is especially concerning for officials as Sichuan is the top swine-producing region in China, a country that produces half of the world's pigs with a current population of around 500 million swine. Although the disease poses no danger to human health, its arrival and spread in China have increasingly threatened the pork industry with major potential impact on supplies and prices in the coming months. There you go. You wonder about Revelation plagues and how the whole world can be hungry all the time. Right here. Right here. Mail online. I reported on this about a month and a half ago. Sad news. An 11th child dies and 23 more are sick in deadly outbreak of adenovirus at a New Jersey center for severely disabled kids as state officials admit they are struggling to contain the bug. New Jersey officials say failure to separate those affected with the virus from those without symptoms have led to the outbreak. Very sad. Morality Today. I entitled this Flipped Out in Florida. Yes? The Federalist says, School punishes male teacher for refusing to watch a naked girl in the boys' locker room. A teacher is being punished for this. Yes, this is in Florida. This is not California. A Florida school district allowed a self-described transgender female student regular access to the boys' locker room with no advanced warning to the boys or their parents. The first time she walked in, she caught boys literally with their pants down, causing them embarrassment and concern by the fact that they had been observed changing by an obvious girl. With a gag order, school administrators forbid teachers from talking about the change and ordered a male PE teacher to supervise the potentially undressed girl in the Chasco Middle School locker room, the letter says. When he refused to knowingly place himself in a position to observe a minor female in the nude or otherwise in a state of undress, administrators told him he will be transferred to another school as discipline for not doing your job in the locker room. But if he did stay, he'd be in jail right now because somebody else would say that's a girl. So he was in a catch-22. Absolutely disgusting. 
In an email, an administrator initially threatened to put the male coach on administrative leave, telling him that refusing to supervise a potentially naked female student would not be tolerated. The school's other PE teacher, who was female, also objected and was ignored. From Dr. Richard Swire, if you know him, he's here in Sarasota, and he does marvelous commentaries, and he's got a wonderful site. Uh, the Patriot Post uses his work quite often. Here we go. School police show up at the door of a transgender policy critic. Now, school police have no authority outside of the school. Zero. This is a complete act of intimidation by somebody that has no authority to do what they did. And this is right here in Sarasota, Florida. A parent who sent an email critical of the Florida school superintendent who implemented a radical transgender policy that strips away parents' rights, this is happening in our schools right now, found officers from the school's district, brand new police force at his door the next day. You guys have grandchildren that are in the school. Some of you do here. You need to make sure that you are aware of this and you start complaining because this is being forced on us right now. This is a fairly shocking level of intimidation, and certainly at least some parents must have got the message. Shut up, sit down, and let us handle your children, or else we may come knocking. At the recommendation of the Sarasota County School District's LGBTQI Task Force, School Superintendent Todd Bowden issued guidelines how to govern the district's more than 50 public schools handling transgender and gender-questioning students, starting as young as kindergarten. The stealthy radicalization of local policy comes just as the Trump administration considers rolling back the Obama administration's unscientific and lawless expansion of Title IX. The Sarasota County School Guidelines implement a full-blown transgender protocol allowing students to use whichever bathroom and locker room corresponds with the gender with which they identify and forces everyone else to use the pronoun of student's choice. But maybe the biggest affront is that the guidelines also say that parents cannot be informed of their children's decision to identify as a different gender because some trans activists claim the schools are safer as an environment than your home. Sarasota, Florida. From CBN. Tampa. Gay therapy ban under legal fire for blocking minors from getting the help they seek. This went on out in California. It went on out in uh, Hawaii, and they want to do it right here in Florida. Somebody says, I'm a trans person, and I don't like this, and I want help. Can't talk to these people. You can't give them without going to jail. Here we go. Young people battling unwanted same-sex attraction are fighting back against a Tampa, Florida ordinance that bans licensed counselors from providing talk therapy to minors seeking to reduce or eliminate those attractions. Liberty Council, thank goodness for them, representing counselors Robert Vazo and David Pickup and their minor clients went to court seeking a preliminary injunction to suspend the ordinance. The conservative advocacy group filed a lawsuit last December after the Tampa City Council voted unanimously to approve the ban. Therapists found to be in violation would be fined up to $1,000, while repeat offenders could face $5,000 penalty. Now, you know, the thing that really bothers me is this used to be a very conservative state, and people are up north, and they hate it up there because they're taxed to death, and they move down here, and they vote liberal. They just they bring their infection with them. From our other category today, from the Daily Wire, Jerry Brown quietly admits Trump was right. Jerry Brown, governor of California, eases California logging rules. Jerry Brown appears to have quietly admitted President Trump's suggestion about improving California forestry was correct 
and is now urging state lawmakers to loosen restrictive logging regulations put in place to appease environmentalists. Brown is proposing one of the most significant changes to the state's logging rules in nearly half a century. Brown is proposing broad new changes to California's logging rules that would allow landowners to cut larger trees and build temporary roads without obtaining a permit as a way to thin more forests across the state. So it's not global warming after all. Zero Hedge. Pence. Our vice president unveils plan for a U.S.-Australian Pacific base, spiking tensions with China. Well, we already have bad tensions with China. China is causing a lot of problems in the world. They're doing things in the Southeast Asia area that they should not be doing. They've made bases in the middle of nowhere and claimed that as their territorial waters all of a sudden, and we are now coming back against them. This is a very important article if you know what's going on geopolitically. At a moment when China is also reported to be eyeing deep water development around Papua New Guinea's Manus Island, the U.S. and Australia have announced plans to develop a joint naval base there. Vice President Pence unveiled the plan at an Asia-Pacific forum hosted by P&G, which is Papua New Guinea, where the world leaders discuss trade and accessibility of international waters at a time when China is growing more brazen in laying claims to sea and airspace in the South China Sea. The push comes as regional powers compete to firm up alliances and maintain access to key infrastructure, ensuring open navigation and ease of unpeated trade routes. Announcing the U.S.-Australian military base, Vice President Pence said, we will work with these nations to protect the sovereignty and maritime rights of Pacific Islands as well. In what appeared to be a passing shot at China, Pence continued, and you can be confident the U.S. will continue to uphold the freedom of the seas and the skies. Though Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison first discussed his country would fund a development of a base on Manus Island in partnership with the PNG government on November 1st, this is the first time the White House has formally announced the U.S. role in its establishment. Longtime close U.S. ally Australia has in recent years felt China begin to compete for influence in the Pacific, ending Australia's previously unrivaled influence in the region. China's growing Pacific presence also has huge implications for the United States. Analysts say a Chinese presence on Manus Island could impact the West's ability to navigate the Pacific while offering Beijing close access to U.S. bases in Guam. In other words, they get their foot there. They are now a threat to Guam. We have to do this. From Zero Hedge, death of HHS official ruled a suicide. Uh, Health and Human Services. Okay, you obviously have seen this article. Death of HHS official ruled a suicide found with multiple blunt force injuries. Yes, the death of Daniel Best, a former pharmaceutical executive in charge of efforts to lower prescription drug prices for the United States DHHS, has been ruled a suicide, according to the D.C. office of the chief medical examiner, which noted that Best died of multiple blunt force injuries. Man, if you're going to kill yourself, I don't think anybody's going to do it that way. You know, start hitting your head into the wall and hit yourself with a baseball bat. It sounds a little suspicious to me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but when something is that obvious, it's time to, to, to mention it. For, or the number of bodies that are behind the Clinton legacy. I mean, it, it is no longer a conspiracy theory. It, it is no longer, okay? Yeah, that's, it's still growing. Mail online. NASA's InSight spacecraft set for risky landing on Mars next week after a six-month journey through space. Here it is. InSight is set to arrive to Mars tomorrow. 
Yes, after a six-month, 300-million-mile trip, engine firings will slow its final descent and craft will plop down on rigid legs. InSight's six-foot arm will remove two main science experiments from the deck. So that's very interesting. And tomorrow we'll see if it lands, and if so, maybe I'll let you know it next week. From Mail Online, northernmost U.S. city. This has nothing to do with prophecy, but I just thought I'd let you know this anyway. <laughs> if you think you've got it bad, okay, imagine this. Northernmost U.S. city of Ukiakovic, I can't even pronounce it, in Alaska begins its 65 days of constant darkness oh. after its shortest day of the year saw just 64 minutes of sunlight. Yes, the sun set at 1.44 p.m. last Sunday, and it will not rise again until January 23rd, 2019. Oh. Oh, I'm so glad to be in the Sunshine State, folks. Wow. From the uh, Indy Star... Something really wonderful. Once again, nothing to do with prophecy, but very wonderful. I hope that you will go and support Chick-fil-A today. Indiana Chick-fil-A gives World War II veteran free food for life. Now, that's a safe bet. They've been dying a 1,000 a day for the past 20 years, but, you know, that's really wonderful that they did that. He might live another 20 years, and he has got free Chick-fil-A for as long as he lives. What's that? Except Sundays because it's closed. Hey, what a chip. He got, they'll probably deliver it to him on Sundays. All right, let's see here. I've got a lesser care for you. We'll see if you can figure out what he's talking about. Sunshine school boards have all lost their mind. To the word of God, deaf, dumb, and blind. Boys or girls, girls or boys, amidst the media noise, they think they're ahead but behind. Good job, Les. And we have an irony and of the week for you. It's entitled Wiley Wheels. Okay, Wiley Wheels. But before we do, we have a very short, um, Sergio wrote a video that I will post at the end of the Prophecy Update. I can't tell you how many people have emailed me over the past months and said how grateful I am that I post those and that they are now watching these every single week. They are marvelous. They are marvelous videos. He does. Last week, I don't think I said this during the Prophecy Update last week, but the video, and I didn't because it wasn't yet released to the people and I wanted to keep it quiet. Last week's video was on stone vessels and I mentioned that. It took him 60 hours to edit that video. One 20-second portion of that video took him 10 hours to do. They are high quality. They are outstanding. And I got to tell you what, it is marvelous to be a part of that ministry over there, just as he is a part of our ministry here. We wouldn't have any online ministry without him. He's the one that sets it up every Sunday morning and every Thursday. He stays up late, makes sure I don't blow the prophecy update and the sermon when I get home. And if I do, he gets into my computer at one o'clock in the morning over there and he fixes what I messed up and I start again. So it's just, it's wonderful knowing this person. He is such a dedicated servant of the Lord and it is all about the Lord with him and his wife Rhoda. All right, here we go. Wiley Wheels. Mail online, actress sentenced to weekends in jail for depositing $82,000 worth of forged checks deceives authorities by signing for the prison bus but never actually getting on it. Wiley wheels. Then we have from the mail online again, man steals his date's car, uses it to take another girl to a drive-in movie. Yes! Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia... I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.